Welcome to the Mary D Show. I'm your host, Mary D, here to be your guide as we extract wisdom and life lessons from top CEOs, thought leaders, artists, spiritual luminaries, and wellness experts. My intention is to bring you value in every show that sparks an idea, helps you break a limiting belief, or encourages you to create thoughts that uplevel your life so that you can know from the deepest parts of your soul that everything you want is available to you and that abundance is your birthright. In 2018, I healed from breast cancer holistically after surgery without the use of chemotherapy or pharmaceuticals. I love biohacking and plant medicine and exploring spirituality and what it means to be in relationship with spirit so that we can feel whole and complete no matter what life throws at us. My specialty in the business world is strategy and leadership, and my gift to each of you is my ability to listen so that I can help others see themselves. In each episode, I want to sprinkle you with some hope dust, tickle your funny bone, and inspire you to find your inner roar. Get ready to live your most aligned, purposeful, and joy-filled life now, and enjoy the show. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to The Mary D Show. This week, I am very excited to bring you my guest, Paul Sokolsky. Paul, did I say that right? Did a great job. (laughs) Okay, excellent, excellent. Paul is the creator of Redesign Your Inner Space, going from interior decorating homes to interior decorating hearts. Visionary leader, author, and transformational specialist, bringing people back home from within and reconnecting them to the freedom that remains our birthright. Self-made since 19 years of age, Paul has been blessed to share some amazing stages with high-level coaches and work with the top 1% of the world, from royal family in the Middle East, presidents, and top leading people in the personal development space. His greatest lesson is it's not what you do, but rather what you become that creates your legacy. Truly knowing yourself is your greatest gift. Paul, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Great to reconnect with you and have you share some magic today. I would love to start with my signature question, which is, what do you know now that you wish you had known before you started this journey of who you've become? First, thank you for letting me be here. And I'm buzzing right now, so I just thought I'd share that. Yeah, you know, this is an easy one for me, and that's just the gift and the blessing of loving yourself. This is something that I wish I knew many moons ago, because that is the greatest gift we have. And of course, I learned through hard experiences and a lot of trial and error, so to speak. But to me, it's foundational. Loving yourself, building the most beautiful relationship with yourself is so foundational. And it branches off to every core of your life. It branches off to other intimate relationships or friendships or how you show up and the way you are and all these things in life, I believe it's so foundational and it affects so many parts of you and the things that you do. Now, there's a flip to that, obviously, because had I not had all those experiences, I wouldn't become who I am today as well. So, of course, I would have loved to have known that years back. But at the same time, I believe that in my world, and I'm sure some of your listeners as well as you, it's like, you know, we sign up for these things before we come into this physical And so it's like, okay, this is my journey, right? So how do I know what it is to be so loved when I didn't know how to love myself? So there's that polarity of everything. And that's been out of everything, out of all my business endeavors and 
all the people I've met and all the things I've done, that is probably the most and biggest nugget in my life is learning that, to mm. build the most beautiful relationship with me. With yourself. I love that. And I think that the assumption is typically set on that we're always looking to love someone else and be loved, right? Because that's what we see in movies. That's where rom-coms come from, right? It's finding your true love. And I don't know that there's a lot of people out there, at least in mass media, who are touting self-love. I don't know a lot of shows that are really zoning in on how to love yourself. So the first question I would have around that is, how can someone identify whether they're really loving themselves or not? What does that look like? Is there a quiz? Is there a test? How does someone actually either come to the realization of like, wow, I don't know that I'm loving myself as much as I can. What's that look like? I'll answer that in my own experiences and also clients I've worked with. I didn't grow up in a family where we were taught to love ourselves. It wasn't a normal thing, right? So in the process of life and experiences, I started to see patterns where I was looking for validation from others. And I needed that affirmation from other people to feel better. But I realized in many occasions that that wasn't sustainable. One of the apps I talk about is foundation. What did you grow up with? And it's not right or wrong. Our parents did the best jobs they can do. They learned from their parents. It's generational. So they do the best they can, right? So depending on the household you grew up in, the environment that you were involved with has a big play in that. So for me, it was a lot of experience. And for a lot of my clients, the same. They just went through many trials and tribulations that knocked them to a point where they were like, okay, I can't do this anymore. I give up. Like something doesn't seem right here. They start blaming others. They got out of the victim mode for a moment because they hit the ground so freaking hard mm -hmm. and it woke them up to say, okay, maybe I need to look at myself here. And then from that point, you start breaking that down and you start looking at all the patterns that start coming to your mind. And I had many different modalities that I would use writing down on a piece of paper, making a list. And of course I had coaches and I had help too, but that's the biggest thing. Like understanding how do you feel about yourself? Do you give yourself the time? Do you give yourself a break? Do you look at yourself in the mirror? If you asked me what that meant 25 years ago, I would be like, what? I'm supposed to kiss myself? You know, what does that mean? I didn't know what that meant. But it's like, really look at the mirror and see yourself and know the miracle that was created to be in this physical body. Like the power that you have in knowing who you are as a human being from a spiritual place, just the gift to be here. And when you start to come to these realizations, you start to fall more in love with you and you start to understand the gifts that were given to you to appreciate life. And yeah, a lot of people talk about that. But when you can get out of the victim mode, when you can start taking responsibility for your life and when you can really stop looking for validation from other people and know that you're already enough because you have to be, that's why we're here. And that's just one way to start. Yeah, I love that. It's so interesting. I was just catching myself this week, creating a story in my mind around one of my friends who I hadn't heard from in about a month. And my last message to him was actually something that was on my mind about his son. And it's, you know, it's kind of a tender subject, but it was just so on my heart. And I was like, yeah, I need to just share it. And he didn't reply. And I said, you know, I'm going to leave it right there. I'm just going to trust that my intuition is a good hit on this and that I know this person also well enough 
we're good enough friends to not create offenses that we can have these conversations, but I'm going to let it sit. And then I went off and I was like in the jungle for a couple of weeks. So it didn't matter. Didn't have electronics anyway. And I just returned home this last weekend and I got a text. It's like, hey, how's it going? It's been a while, you know, and I was like, oh, hi. And it was just a funny little reminder to me because I, I could have let my mind create a lot of stories like, oh, did I offend? Did this, that and the other? And I was like, no, the agreement has always been, hey, we'll do our best to respond when we can. And that's what friends do. It's OK if a little distance and time passes and to be able to pick right back up. And then the funnier thing is after he just said, yeah, it's been a second. I was like, hey, do you want to catch up next week over lunch? And it was silence again. And I was like, what? Did I miss something here? And then I laughed because I just found myself right back in that spot. And then I chuckled again because he goes, now got busy with the kids. Forgot to reply. You know, it was just easy, silly things that we can give things value or a meaning that only we could give it, right? It can be something or it can be nothing. And we get to create that. And so I was just having a good chuckle with myself. I was like, why am I making this mean anything? Like, it was just a funny, like, note to self on the confidence piece of also loving yourself, like being in true alignment around, no, I'm confident. I know who I am. And I'm confident that I am fully loved and I'm great just like I am and like all is well. And if I can always go into my life, my day, knowing that is all true, then I don't allow myself to create stories or create these like funny little moments where I give something heavier weight than it is because most of the time it's not. It's rarely about me. It's almost always about the other person. So that's been an interesting journey. And I know you've worked with some really, really high level people. I think for the rest of the listeners here, they'd love to know like, is this something that's true for everyone? Or is there this pedestal that if your income is greater, then suddenly your self-love is bigger too? Like, is there any correlation with any of that? Not in the experiences that I've had, but I'd, I'd tell you one of the best lessons that I've learned, and this is even from the monks I spent a month in India in total silence and working with Tony Robbins for a year in his home in West Palm Beach, to be able to be behind the scenes of these people. Everybody's human. We put these people up on pedestals, right? And we think that they're perfect and all of this stuff. And it's that they're human too. They make mistakes. And like you said, sometimes the story isn't funny. Sometimes the story can really take you down a real dark road. And it's great that you have that observation. And that's one of the gifts that they gave me, including the monks in India, was that when you can become an observer, it's like you're sitting in a movie theater watching a play on stage and you're watching this play out, you know? And yeah, you are watching a movie and you go in a theater and you, you have emotions during the movie and you're all over the place and you're feeling, but then you get out of the movie and you're back to normal. And if you can use that as a metaphor in life, that you're having an experience and to attach yourself to that experience is what really creates all that havoc in our life. And it blinds us of the true essence of why we're here and it takes away from the love from ourselves. I've seen it in the coaching industry, yes, but from the high-level people that I've worked with, no, more peaceful than anything else. Interesting. So let's take someone who is beating themselves up in their own mind. Because I'd say that we're usually our own worst critics. What's the first thing they can do that's like an action item that will help them adjust their state? How do they change that core belief or start to transmute that core belief around not feeling good enough? not feeling like they're really loving themselves. 
Is there something they can identify and start to shift? Is there a best practice? Is it like do five headstands and eight push-ups? What's the magic way to do this, Paul? I have two parts to that question. First, it really depends on the individual and where they are. If you're just a beginner and you're at a place where it's a normalcy for you to do that, it's a little bit more difficult for people. But there comes a point where you have to get to truth and you ask yourself a specific question. Is this really true about myself? What stories or whose voice is speaking in my ear that's telling me that I'm not enough? And that could be from just a normal thing that a parent would say. I'm not saying it's normal, but in their home, per se, I had a client that experienced this, where it was like, you're so stupid. You know, what's wrong with you? You're a slob. I don't know why people hang around you and all these things, right? We don't realize how that affects us. And so that's not the truth. That's just what somebody said. And so this is where loving yourself also comes into play. But when you keep beating yourself up over things, you come to a point where just stop yourself for a moment. Say, okay, wait a minute. You step back from the situation and just observe for a moment and say, is this really true? Is this really true about myself? Do I really believe that I'm this or that I'm not enough or that I'm a jerk? Or maybe the other person's having a struggle. Maybe they don't know how to express their emotion and it's coming through anger or it's coming through their story. And so the more that you observe, the more that you, again, build the most beautiful relationship with yourself, the more that you're able to stand back, have compassion for that other person outside of abuse. I'm not saying you should sit there and accept abuse, but I'm saying like to where you can really stop and, and ask yourself that real truthful question, is this true? And from there, you ask another quality question. And that's one of the greatest gifts that I've gotten and I've given my clients to really kind of shake that mode of habitual patterns of showing up the same way because most people don't realize they're doing it. It's just like a trigger and they don't even know what's triggering and it's just happening. And they're responding to the emotion. How we think and how we feel becomes our personality. And if you're thinking and feeling all the time that you are not enough and that you're not good enough and this is your station you're tuning into every day, you got to break that field. And that's just one way to do it. Love that. I know that in the past, or maybe in some people's present, it's possible that they are in a household where they may be hearing these negative reinforcements over and over again of like, hey, you're too clumsy, or you'll never be great without me, whatever the comments are. And there is definitely a line of abuse. There's also different kinds, right? We've got physical abuse, verbal abuse, and emotional abuse. How does someone Knowing that that's their environment, let's let's pretend it's an environment that they're just in right now. It's not maybe one where they necessarily feel fully empowered or able to leave the situation. And let's just say financially, it doesn't make sense. Like they would be out, you know, on the streets if they left. And maybe it's not a case of actual abuse, but it is negative reinforcement. Maybe that person is just a complainer that they're with. Maybe that person has just got some negative energy and maybe they don't know how to use their words in a way because they have a lot going on. How does someone walk into that environment and still remind themselves that these things aren't true? Or what are some things that they can do in that situation to either cope or to keep healing even though there is a level of toxicity that exists, right? It's almost like if you have amalgam fillings in your mouth, there's some mercury going on and you don't have time to get to the dentist right now or maybe you don't have the money to get them all redone. Like there's a level of toxicity there and it's not going away immediately, maybe at some point, 
But in the meantime, we have to deal. What does that look like? First of all, the practice of yourself, like knowing that you're enough. And really, if you're in a situation right now where it's abusive, call a hotline number and get yourself help immediately. I'm not advocating anyone to stay in a situation where no matter what it is, that you don't have the money or whatever, there's a place you can go. There's someone you can call to get help immediately. And so never leave yourself in a situation like that. But like you said, if you're coping with something, it's a level of understanding that it's a temporary situation for you. What gift can I extract from this person? What are they teaching me right now that I need to learn about myself? This is really difficult. This Mm. comes around forgiveness now, right? Everything reverts back to my foundation. If I'm a believer, that I create my environment, that I create my experiences, what is this for me? Not to me, but what is this person teaching me as a teacher? What gift can I extract from this about myself? And that's just one way to look at it. And when you come at it from that perspective, it's like traditional forgiveness versus awakened forgiveness. Traditional forgiveness, somebody did something to you, right? So you forgive them, but you never really actually let go because you felt like they needed to you. But when you see it from a perspective of that, It was done for me to give me this gift to excel and to become a better person and to excel in my life, in my journey, in my spiritual journey, in my physical journey. And this person was doing a healing dance with me to teach me something. Number two, like look at it for yourself. I remember when I first moved to Miami, I was divorced and I got into a relationship with this woman and it was the most interesting thing. And it's exactly what we're talking about right now. It's a very toxic situation, very toxic. And I basically been self-made since I was 19 years old, but I was sharing work with this person. So we like kind of invested in, in a shop and we had all of these things that we were doing together. And I was for the first time in, in a predicament, like you said, where I've got all this money invested in this. I've got all this time invested in this. And this is really toxic. And I was not where I am today. I'm not the man I was today. I was becoming that But I didn't know all the things I know. I was just getting into spirituality. This is 20 years ago. And so I'm sitting there and I'm observing this person and I'm crying. I would go home and I would cry because I was so emotional because I saw myself. This girl taught me who I was in my past relationship. I saw in me how she was talking to me and how she was responding to me. I saw that so clearly in how I was in my relationship. That was the best gift. That catapulted me to levels beyond levels of what I could have ever done without that experience. And eventually, again, through compassion, because I I kept learning to love myself more and observe more. And that allowed me to get to a point where I realized I have a choice here and I just left everything. It didn't matter how much money was invested I needed to get out, but the experience and the gift taught me that. And so look at the situation as horrific as it could be, as joyful as it can be, there's always a gift. And the person could be yelling and screaming and calling you every name in the book, but maybe that's teaching you that you're not that. You're not the things that they're saying. This is a really touchy thing. It's not an easy thing for most people who aren't awakened enough or even experienced enough to handle something like that. But it's a star to go from somewhere. Yeah. The self-love journey is always my favorite ride. If we all took the time to put as much thought and effort and dreaming into loving ourselves as we do in the 
heartaching over trying to find a partner or dating, all of those things, I feel like the world would be such a more loving place because we would be treating others with compassion because we've learned how to treat ourselves with compassion. And you're right about the reflection. I think that relationships are a beautiful reflection and such a a beautiful opportunity to learn, especially when things aren't going right. You really get some insights to see where there's still room for the work to be done. If you want to know your growth level and you're not in a relationship, you'll see it when you get back into it. It doesn't matter. I have been invested, you know, in myself, in my mind, in my heart, and we still get into relationships and it's a learning experience, but you really see your potential and how much you've grown in that experience. And I love what you said, because I totally agree with you. You asked me that question when we first started this interview, and it'll always be my answer that loving yourself and building the most incredible relationship with you is so important because that extends to your loved ones. If you have kids or your family or whatever, like that's what the world is missing though. There's enough separation with just technology in today's day and world, you know? And when I was in the Middle East doing a project out there about 12 years ago, I remember every shik has a representative and this representative was really impressed. So he brought me to his house. And when he came into the theater room where his kids were, they were all on their iPhones and watching TV. They shut everything off. They put their phones down. They got up, they kissed their father and they stood in the conversation and they were involved. Wow. And these kids are like 13, 14 years old. And so there's a lot of that missing, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, there's a lot around that. There's a lot of broken families. There's many things that involve that. But the practice of this, the compassion, people have no idea how much one little thing can affect somebody in a good way or a bad way. And to give somebody a compliment or to just look at someone's situation from a point of view that, well, I was there once and I know what that feels like. And even though this person's going off on me, I get it. Again, I'm not saying that you should take any kind of abuse, but sometimes emotions are radical. They don't know how to deal with it. And sometimes people don't know what abuse looks like. I can definitely speak to that. My very first serious relationship as an adult, I remember like he had problems with alcoholism and I didn't know what that looked like. I just thought he was angry when he drank, that he was just moody. It's like, man, he gets really moody after he drinks. Like it wasn't clicking for me that like, no, there's like a behavioral pattern that shows up. You know, one thing causes the next. And In my mind, I think I viewed an alcoholic like the people on TV, which were like they were beating their wives and they're, you know, breaking stuff. And like I had this big idea. That's what alcoholism looked like. But alcoholism can show up in lots of ways. There are actually people who are functioning alcoholics in the world. We didn't have alcoholism in my family, so I had no no example of that, which I'm grateful for. But when I called one of my best friends, her family definitely had dealt with that. That was one of their family patterns. And as I'm describing it to her, she right away said to me, "Mm, it's either drugs or alcohol. There's a problem there. And I was like, really? How do you know this? And it's like, she knows because she knows what it looks like. And part of it, I think, is also in the recognizing of like, what is this? And it's the same along the lines of when we're figuring out the self-love part. I know that what you said is so true about watch yourself in your next relationship and you're going to know where your levels of self-love are because I can definitely see the difference. Even for myself, I'm coming out of a very long 14-year partnership and 
it's been really fascinating because even just in dating, I am so much more clear. I am so much more open. I thought I was open before. I'm way more open. I am way more clear about what I'm looking for and what I'm not willing to tolerate. And that makes such a shift as well. And so much of that is I love myself enough that I don't want to go through the same pains and heartaches that I went through the first time. So let's get through some of the basics real fast, real quick. And I want to know where we're standing on communication, where we're standing on physical touch, so many things. They're all backed by how much my desire is to love myself and know that like, hey, I am amazing by myself. Would be great to find a partner that can also honor and love that part of me as well. But if it doesn't happen, that's okay too. My love for myself is full on and I'm not willing to compromise any of that. In the same way that I think it's easy to look at maybe like your children or someone that you really love and go, oh, that partner is not great for them. I can see where there's things aren't working out or they don't seem great. I want to look at myself in the same eyes and be like, is this the person that I would put my stamp of approval on and be like, yeah, this person treats me like the queen that I am or this person treats me with respect and love and nurturing and support in the same way that I want to deliver that back. And I think that is also such a good test of where are we at in our self-love journey and how are we showing up for ourselves and seeing that in your relationships, again, being a reflection is gold. That's gold, Paul. It's so funny that you said that because I'm big on writing things down and, you know, I believe that the energy is really strong. And I was just thinking one day, I'm like, I'm manifesting a new relationship. I'm manifesting all of these things. And I'm like, you know what? I want to be in a relationship with somebody that's just like me. Mm. Like, that's just like me. I want to date myself. Obviously, I'm in a relationship with myself and most people don't realize that they are because you spend 24-7 with who? You all the time, Mm -hmm. right? Because here's the thing, and you nailed it. It's like the best gift you can have is knowing who you are. There is so much power in that knowingness. It's golden. Knowing who you are is the best gift. And you learn that, like you said, I mean, your 14-year relationship, the relationships that I've been in, I mean, these are all a process. So back to what you said, as far as helping somebody out who might be stuck or who might be just getting into this, or maybe they're older, maybe they're in their 50s or their 60s, and they're just realizing that this can't be the other person now. I mean, it's been been too many times, like they come to some realization, but experiences teaches that. I'm not saying that everybody has to have many experiences to do that. I'm not saying that people have to go to India to find themselves, but some people they find it in their own house, but the experiences teaches that. And you learn so much, and there's so many gifts you can extract from that relationship that gave you the clarity and the power even more of who you are today. Yeah, absolutely. Tell me about the four Fs. You referenced it earlier, and I know you're working on a book, but let's talk about those. What are the four Fs and how do they correlate to self-love? The four Fs are foundation, faith, frequency, and forgiveness. They all come back to self-love and they correlate with anything that happens in your life. Everything's core. So foundation starts with what environment were you brought up in? What was the conversation happening around your world at that point? Because when we're kids, we don't have the opportunity to tell our parents, I'm not doing that. And so we don't talk back and we don't really have a say. So that time is so crucial because the subconscious mind is developing and these things become anchors. So when you start to realize as you get older, again, that voice in your head, I'm not enough. I'm a screw up. And like you're kind of repeating 
the words and the story that was told to you when you were growing up, which is not true. So a foundation is really important to understand where am I in my life right now? And how was the way that I was brought up and the foundation of what was taught to me? How is it affecting my life? Now, our true foundation is beyond this physical. We are limitless. We have the potential to create the most incredible things, but a lot of things get in the way of that. There's a lot of noise in between where you are and the destiny to where you want to go or the desire that you have. There's a big jungle in between there that you got to cut through because of the things that foundationally we were taught growing up. Now, this is not about putting our parents down or blaming anybody. This is just an understanding to check in with yourself. And actually in the book, after each chapter, I have a place where you could make notes and I have like little things in there that help you through the process of just understanding, okay, like, let me check in with this to see where I'm at. And then we move to forgiveness. And we talked about this a little bit earlier too, which is awakened forgiveness. And it's, again, it's really around, like I said, traditionally, most people forgive from a place of somebody did this to me. I forgive them, but you never really let go of that. And energetically, a lot of people bring that into the next relationship. They bring that story. They bring that energy because they haven't really let go. And it seems to follow them and shipwreck everything that they involve themselves with. And it doesn't just have to be an intimate relationship. It could be a friendship or a colleague or whatever. But when you look at it from a perspective of this person's came into your life to teach you something, to give you something for your growth, it was like doing a healing dance with you to bring you through this process, to up-level, to upgrade yourself. And like I said earlier, we talked about somebody that was in that situation where they were in a really toxic environment mm -hmm. to extract a gift. What is it that I can learn? And I've worked with women who have been through rape, physical abuse. You don't have to agree with what happened. This is not about agreeing. This is about acceptance. Right. And acceptance comes from a lot easier place when you can learn about something that made you a better person through this experience. And that's a hard place to get to. And it takes work. Yeah. So there's a lot behind that. I'm just touching surface on everything. And then the next is faith. And again, back to forgiveness. When you can forgive, the most important person is ourselves. Yeah, I can definitely speak to that for even anyone going through like any kind of big trauma, any kind of medical diagnosis. The big ones I think about, obviously I think about breast cancer because I support a whole community around breast cancer, but there's so many ways we can beat ourselves up. I often hear women say, oh, I feel like my body betrayed me. There's so much self-forgiveness that happens in that process as you get tender to it, treat it with compassion, learn that there's forgiveness. And oftentimes it's just forgiving ourselves. And also, what did we learn? What did it teach us? How is it making us stronger, more resilient, or whatever the lesson needs to be? And I think there's so much truth to that, so much truth in the forgiveness piece. So I love that. And there's guilt. You can tie it back to foundation, right? And say, well, what did I learn? You know, their parents yelled and screamed all the time. That's, that's all they knew. Forgive yourself because you did the best you could. And sometimes we learn through the hardest experiences, like the things you mentioned, whether it's health or even a relationship that you felt responsible for. We did the best we could with what we knew at that point. And now we know more and now we know better, but we learned. And so it's just letting go of that and letting go. There's so much freedom. It's like this explosion of freedom. This huge weight has been lifted off your back. Because you've carried around this guilt for so long and you beat yourself up for so long. And it's like, wait a minute, I didn't know any better. And that's not an excuse. I really didn't know any better. And then you find a way that brings you back to loving yourself and letting that go. Faith. 
not in religion, but faith in what do I believe? And I call it like congruent faith to incongruent faith. And my hand is raised because I've been there. It's like when things are going great in your life, it's like, yeah, like I created this, you know? And then when the shit hits the fan, it's like, well, wait a minute, I didn't create that. So where are you on your belief? I grew up Catholic. I have nothing against religion. It didn't serve me for myself, but my parents and my sisters are, you know, avid churchgoers and, and that's perfect. And I love that. Whatever works for you. But it didn't make sense to me. And so just in that realization of like finding myself and understanding like what my beliefs were. When I was in India, they asked me this one question that I'll never forget. And they said, on the left side of the paper, write down what you were taught about God. And on the right side, write down what you want your God to be. The pen was, I swear, was writing on its own. Like when I got to the right side of the paper and I started writing down what I wanted my God to be, holy cannoli. Let me tell you, like I couldn't write fast enough. And it was yeah. the most freeing thing for me. And I realized, you know, what my beliefs were and what my faith was in. And to me, in faith, the only sustainability I have in life is in faith. It's not what's here. It's what's out there. Anything physical and anything materialistic goes away very quickly. Relationships come and go. Money comes and goes. The universe, the energy, higher power, and infinite intelligence, whatever you want to call it for you, God, whatever it is, it's always there. You know, to have that faith, to know that, and to believe in who you are as a creator, an extension of that greatness, you are that. And so tie this back to the other Fs, and it plays a big role again in how you see things. And so most people that I've worked with will usually have a situation where they're in a bad place. And I'm like, well, how did you get there? I already know, but I asked them the question because I can hear it in their words. I can feel it in their energy. And at what point... Did you stop dreaming? Like, at what point did you let this go? And then the last piece is, I call it frequency. That's the last F. And again, frequency ties into everything. And that's like, okay, so now I know my foundation. I've been able to change that. Remember, we can change anything we want at any point, at any moment, at any time. How important it is to understand forgiveness and forgiving myself and knowing that these were gifts to me. And then understanding what my faith is and what I believe in. Faith in the sense of like, what is my belief around anything? And how that's working in my life. And then lastly, is how am I showing up? Frequency is how do I show up every day toward the desire that I'm going after, toward the dream that I'm going after? How am I showing up? Who am I going to be today? What version of myself am I going to show up as? Your foundation, your forgiveness, your faith, and your frequency. When you line these up, it's very quickly to manifest because you're letting a lot of the attachments go. You're releasing a lot of the emotions and a lot of the guilt that you held onto with forgiveness, your understanding that whoever it was in your life as you were growing up did the best that they can do foundationally and what they knew. And you're realizing this generational pattern and these habitual patterns, and you're realizing I can break those. You test your faith. Faith is in the works. You test it. You ask questions. I talk to my spirit guides all the time. Like my neighbors probably think I'm crazy, but okay, maybe I am. <laughs> but I talk to my spirit guides. I ask for guidance and I get it. Like I ask for feathers. I ask for numbers, whatever it is because I'm worthy enough to ask for that. And yeah. then the frequency that I show up in, the person I decide to be when I wake up. And let me tell you something, my hand is raised. This work does not stop you from challenges. This work does not stop you from fear or all these other things. They're parts of this experience. But when you know who you are, when you understand the foundation of how you want to start or recreate your life, from a place of letting go and forgiving yourself and others to a place of understanding what you believe 
and what's true for you. And that's for you, nobody else. And it's just a practice. It's a practice. It's repetition and consistency. This isn't a one-day conversation. I have books on my couch right now. I write in them. And my very first mentor called it Six Impossible Things Before Breakfast, God rest her soul. I changed it up after a while. I call it Six Manifesting Things Before Breakfast because I didn't like the word impossible. For me, it didn't fit. I write things down. Like I get into the vibration and the frequency of who I want to be and how I want to show up. But I do it every day. It's not like I choose it here and there. And this is where the rubber meets the road. If you do this consistently, and trust me, the mind, not your mind, but the universal mind is very powerful. It knows how to bring you right back where it wants you to be because it wants a smorgasbord. But you train that mind how you want it to be. And that's when the game changes. And to do that, you have to be consistent and, and have repetition to this work. And I've been doing this for years. And, and it's like the times that I've taken a break because I felt like there was just too much going on in my life were the times when it got really difficult. Yeah, absolutely. We're always exercising some muscle, our confidence muscle, our love muscle, <laughs> our self-growth right. muscle, all the things. Yeah, this is so good. So the four Fs, foundation for forgiveness, forgiveness faith, and frequency. I loved your chat on faith because that's such a big one. And I love that the experience of what have I been told? Who have I been told God is? And then what do I want him to be? Because I think in my own experience, when I think about that, a big one that's shown up for me over and over again is my own experience of God versus what others have said it's supposed to be or is, or there was always a little disconnect there. And I was like, I know God, and that's not what I know of God. And that's been also a very interesting thing for someone to try to tell you when your experience has been so different. And I love to tell people, if you go up on the mountain alone with God and you cut away all the noise, then what? What are you actually hearing? What's your actual experience? Because I think there's a lot of noise. We can be fed a lot of things. It just depends on what you want to swallow. Somebody sent me something today. It was on a, a near-death experience. And this guy was talking about how it happened and all this. But he said he got to a point where he was like in front of God. And God asked him three questions. And I thought this was so interesting. First question was, what have you done for yourself to help yourself? What have you done to help others? And then do you believe in me? And I thought that was so powerful. Like there was no judgment. It was just this beautiful thing. And if you think about it in our life and in our world, it's really come to that. What have we done for ourselves to love ourselves, to forgive ourselves, to understand that a lot of stories play in the mind and they're not real and to observe that. And then to take that, and this is where I'm so passionate in my work and I know you as well, to take that, to bundle that up and then serve that to others from a place of your own experience of what you've learned, not from a book that you've read, and there's nothing wrong with that, but personal experience is golden for people because you're speaking from your heart. Your truth, your experience, your experience of yeah. something, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think another piece of that also is if the story I'm telling myself is that there is a God and that God is like loving and kind and supportive, I'm okay with believing that. At the end of the day, let's pretend it wasn't true. That's a story I'm okay buying into because for sure it makes my life better. It brings me peace of mind. It helps me show up as a better person. And I think that's the other piece people can play with a little bit as they explore 
and develop their own relationship. That's part of it, right? Our relationship with ourself, our relationship with God, our relationship with others. So many things wrapped up in that. Paul, thank you for being my guest today and for taking us on this journey of self-love, the four Fs. Looking forward to your book coming out. Any last words that you want to share? And can you share with our listeners today where they can get a hold of you? And of course, we'll have it in the show notes as well. Yeah. First, thank you again. It was, it's always a pleasure to be here. Just believe in yourself. Know that you're enough. Get help when you need it because that's the hardest thing. We try to figure things out from within the problem. Sometimes it's difficult to get out of that rather than seeing another perspective and somebody that really knows what they're doing. It's great to talk to a friend, but really to get a perspective from someone who's gone through something like that. We have finished our last format for Kindle and for the soft cover for the book. I was hoping to have it launched before this, but we had to make a couple changes, but it will be available. It's not quite yet available, but right now our website, you have it on the show notes. It's paulsikulski.com. The website's up, but I have included a meditation as part of a gift for the book. That's not synced yet. But right now, the best place I would say to reach me is just to email me, paul at paulsikulski.com. I love people. People would think this would be crazy, but you can also reach me on WhatsApp if you want to message me, if you have questions, if you want to challenge with something, I'd be happy to help. We could provide that too as well on my phone number. Love that. What a gift. Thank you again, Paul. Folks, until next week, may abundance always walk beside you. May joy always go before you and may love always guide you on your path. Thank you for joining us on today's show. I hope that today's session inspires you to live an aligned life where you get to take complete ownership of your feelings and decisions to live in your truth. You can connect with me more at www.maryd.com. You can also catch us on YouTube at the Mary D Show. Head on over to Instagram and Facebook and type in at the Mary D and just look for the little blue check to ensure you're on my official page. <laughs>